Welcome to the Balanced Business Owner Podcast. The world around us isn't slowing down anytime soon. If you want to avoid trying to keep up and burning yourself out, it's important to be intentional about setting your own pace. In this podcast, you'll learn practical tools to manage your schedule and mindset so you can reconnect with your business, your family, and yourself and feel good about your life. I'm your host, life and business coach, Andrea Scalisi. Let's dive in. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast this week. I have a very special guest on. This is a colleague and peer of mine, a fellow coach, Kirsten. Kirsten, introduce yourself. Tell us who you are and what you do. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Excited to talk to you. I'm Kirsten Parker. I am a decision coach. I help big brained, busy brained people make big decisions in a way that makes sense to them, that they can totally trust, that this seems simpler and easier than it does when we first uh, approach that big decision. And the way we work on that is by looking at their decision making holistically. So I help people clean up perfectionism, people-pleasing, indecision, overwhelm that gets in the way of teeny tiny daily decisions that also make our bigger life choices totally impossible. Oh my gosh. I love that. Yeah. I mean, there are so many different decisions to make in both our lives and our businesses, big and small, like you said. And it can really get exhausting having to think through every single thing. I know for me, sometimes my husband asks me the littlest question, do we need to buy milk for the kids? And I'm like, no more questions. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. We are closed for decisions today. Thank you. Please ask again tomorrow. Exactly. Yeah. So decisions are a huge part of all of our lives. I love that you're a decision coach and that you help brainy people. Tell us a little bit more about that. Like I know you've got a very interesting background. You're like a super smart woman. And I just want to know just a teeny tiny bit more about you because you're so fascinating. Well, thank you. Um, Samesies. I I lovingly refer to my clients as smarty pantses because they know that it's true. Um, But typically I work with people who are kind of like me. So we're, we like being above and beyond overachievers. We like being A plus students. We like working. I know that's like largely your people as well. And it's my, my personal background is I spent my first career in theater stage management. So for over 10 years, I was like, the stage manager is kind of the project manager of theater. So it's the scheduler, it's the problem solver, it's the coordinator, it's the person translating between two different personalities or egos that cannot communicate directly on their own. And it's the note taker. So I, and I got my master's from Yale in that field because it was just, I, I wasn't enough to like have a career in it. I wanted to like learn all of the best ways to do it. And that's a a thing I have in common with a lot of my clients is where not necessarily like higher education, but we're used to relying on our smarts to solve all our problems and to run our lives. And 
when you are that kind of cognitive person, even if you're an incredibly creative person, decision-making can become kind of like the biggest energy drain of your entire life because you put so much pressure on making good decisions. Your brain wants to think a thousand years out into the future every time you consider making a decision. So you can like think through all the consequences and you are so hard on yourself if you think that you've made a bad decision, which just puts pressure on the next decision you're making. So I help people who are used to operating a lot of their lives from their heads, as opposed to, you know, just different people operate differently, like from intuition or with flow or not planning anything. That's power to them. That's just like not how I think people like us operate. So I help those people really learn to wrangle their brains and be more in tune with themselves and communicate with themselves more clearly and cut out a lot of that noise that happens when we are used to thinking so hard about everything. Yeah. I think a lot of my clients fall into this category where they are super smart, high achievers have done a lot in their corporate careers before they started businesses and have really achieved a lot in their businesses as well. And so many of them do think, you know, kind of lead with their thinking. I do Mm -hmm. have some clients that lead with their feelings for sure, Mm -hmm. but most of my clients tend to lead with the brain and be very analytical and very intelligent. And so when it comes to decision-making, like let's talk through like a day in the life. I think that would make it easier to understand because we really want to like help people listening to make decisions easier and quicker and just more efficient and have them be less exhausting. So let's look at a typical example in somebody's daily life, because it doesn't matter how smart you are. It doesn't matter how much you've achieved. Like we all want to clean our houses at the end of the day and do like such small tasks such as that. Right. Mm -hmm. And none of us like cleaning our houses. Like, I don't know one person in the entire world who enjoys cleaning their house, but maybe they enjoy having a clean house. And there's so many decision points that come along with that. Like I was just joking about my husband asking me about the kids milk. It's like small things like that, small things like cleaning the house that just contribute to like decision fatigue and being exhausted from making decisions. So I don't know, where do you want to go with this in terms? Let's talk about cleaning the house. Like sure. talk, about, talk to me about like all the decision points that come along with that and how people can make it easier. I think the first thing that'll make it easier is starting with my favorite question to start any decision from, which is what do I want? It sounds so stupid and silly and small, but we skip it like 95% of the time when a decision feels complicated. That's the first thing I want you to double check. If you've, if you've asked this question and if you've answered it, because with the house situation, I think that's a perfect example of where we complicate our decisions we can go straight to blame for why it's not the way we want, who's messing up, who's not doing their job. We can go to self-judgment. Like uh, if I were better, if I could figure this out, if I could, if I was on top of things, this wouldn't be a problem. It can go to like meta decisions. Like, 
well, really I need to move in order to like, well, we need to get a whole new furniture. We need to renovate. We need to like big things that might help it be cleaner someday, but we've completely lost sight of the fact that what you want is what? Like a cleaner, is it cleaner? Do we want it more clean? Do we want it more organized? Do we want a clear path that doesn't have stuff in it every day so you can walk safely? So that's the first thing. I think people miss that step of taking ownership over what they want because they either are going to problem focus or they're going to blame or they're going to judgment and they want to solve the problems. But when you know why this matters to you and you know what you want, that gives you a straight short line to solving the right problem. Instead of wasting the next week, like picking out new furniture, when that may or may not be what you want, like, like can contribute to your life happiness and your decor, yeah. but it's not addressing the original problem. Does that make sense? Yeah. And what's coming up for me as you say that is like, okay, I want to clean my house. I want a clean house. I enjoy that environment. But then like, I think about my mom growing up, she religiously cleaned the house once a week, Mm. like on her hands and knees, scrubbed it. She still does to this day. Wow. And I am not that mom, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. When I think about what I want and why I want it, like my default thoughts are the things that have been trained in me my whole life. I should be cleaning once a week. Like this is the norm. I should be doing this because my mom did it, but it's not really what fits in my life and what I want right now. Like my kids are so young cleaning once a week. It would just be a complete waste of my time. Like I do a lot of maintenance in my house. You know, we clean the bathrooms once a week and stuff, but to clean the entire house once a week, part of me wants to do it. Cause I think I should, cause my mom did, mm. but, or still does, but I don't actually want to do that myself. Yes. Excellent point. That's another place we'll go automatically, right? We'll just go to, I want the thing that I've always wanted, or I'll want the thing that I was trained to want. And just taking this tiny beat to answer, honestly, what do I want can clean up so much garbage. I say garbage with love, right? It's like, you know, old stuff that maybe not is authentic today, but again, you're not going to waste your time finding the solution for the wrong problem. If you just take this one second to think about what do I want? Do I want less dust and there's knickknacks everywhere? And I really am not a knickknack person anymore. So I just want to get rid of this stuff. Or is there like my situation, is there husky hair accumulating in every corner of the home, like every hour? And do I want a robot vacuum to pick it up for me? Or do I want like to, do I think I want to spend an hour on my hands and knees every week? And like, can I give myself a second to honestly check in? Is, is that what I want? Cause it's probably not. Yeah. So I love that. I good, love that point. That's such a great place to start. What yeah. do I want? Yeah. Yeah. Where do we go and from, then there? from From there? you solve the highest quality problems. So revealing what you wanted, being honest about that, then that lets you see, okay, what's getting in the way of that. And that could be a million, billion, bajillion things. It could be, my partner's not helping enough. I'm too tired. I don't want to do it. We don't have a robot vacuum, whatever the case may be. 
But if you start are starting from that place of what do I want, you are giving yourself the chance to find the highest quality problem to solve and solve that first. And you got to stay open yeah. because the thing that the things that we're used to being problems, we've trained our brains to see as problems. So if you, if you think keeping your house clean is an impossible ideal, then you're probably going to approach that decision from that default place of like, this is impossible to solve. So I want you to keep breathing. I want you to keep remembering what you want. I want you to decide this is a solvable problem because if you approach it from that mindset, then you're going to see more options. Yeah. And if you, if you continue to think this is an impossible problem to solve, you'll never solve it and you'll be spinning and spinning and spinning in those decisions and those questions constantly. And that is not necessary. It's not a great place to be. Let's like get you out of that. Let's make these little decisions. Yeah. 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 So you got to decide it's a solvable problem. (laughs) Step number two, and then you, then you have more options with the house cleaning one, right. Which can translate to kind of anything. That's just something that's annoying and draining in your life. You can, I'm going to give you some, like some, some options to choose from. So you can do some decision batching. This is when you like approach a problem from a good mental state you have energy. So like, don't do up. it when you're annoyed about right. cleaning the house. Okay. <laughs> right. Don't do it at the end of a long day. Don't do it in the middle of like being frustrated because you're looking at a pile of husky hair. Do it when you're feeling good, when you're feeling like, okay, I could, I could tackle a problem. And that's when you can make a series of decisions or you can, you, or you can just have a decision session, right? It's, it's really valuable. It's again, one of those things that sounds silly and silly enough to skip. But if you come at something from an intentional energy, like think about the way you prep yourself for a meeting you want to go well, or prep yourself for a dinner that you want to enjoy. You want to, you want that to go well. Like you, you have to have that moment where you psych yourself up and you, you decide, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to rock this meeting. I'm going to enjoy this dinner. I'm going to host a great party. You can do that for decisions and it makes an, an 100% difference in the experience you have of making that decision. I love the idea of a decision session. It's kind of like if I were to schedule a meeting, like you and I, we have this podcast episode recording on both of our calendars, right? We've scheduled this. So we both showed up prepared, ready to go. If I came at this other, this decision-making process of even just like the small decision of cleaning my house with this is my decision session. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to be in like neutral or kind of like psyched up energy. I'm positive energy to be able to make a decision that, um, I, you know, know will benefit me in the long run that I actually want with the result that I want. So I'm going to sit down. I'm going to, you know, take this seriously and start making some decisions. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Like we think we have to solve this stuff in the moment and in the moment is usually when we're most tired and frustrated at the problem, not our best mindset for problem solving. It's kind and of like going to this... the grocery store hungry. Exactly. That's a great, <laughs> that's a great analogy. And you know Don't that this that. is, if you've ever had to make a decision with a partner, business or personal, or like even a roommate, whatever your situation is, 
you know this concept works because you can't just throw a decision. I mean, you can try, but you can't usually successfully throw a decision at your partner and just say, we're, we're talking about this now. What's more effective in your experience, I want you to think back, is probably when you've said, hey, I want to talk through the budget, or I want to talk about our next vacation, or I want to talk about the kids' summer plans. Can we do that on Sunday? So you're both agreed, like we're going to get into this headspace. We're going to make some decisions on Sunday. And you can totally do that for yourself, by yourself, just like about the house cleaning. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's say we are in our decision session. What happens next? Then notice what feels hard. Everything. Everything feels hard about house cleaning. (laughs) Yeah. But when, when you're approaching it with very specific problems to solve, right? So it's like, you've decided I want, let, I want to get rid of the knickknacks. Great. That means we got to like get rid of the knickknacks. Okay. We're making a decision about that. So there's less dust accumulating, blah, blah, blah. It feels less energetically cluttered in your space. What feels hard about solving that problem or the, the vacuuming, right? Okay. It's just, there's too much hair. It accumulates too quickly. Great. That's the problem we're solving. What feels hard about solving this problem? That's going to point you to the next thing you need to make a decision about or question you need to answer. So if it's like, I don't feel like I have the time. Okay, great. There's probably an assumption that you have to spend time doing this. Is that true? Mm-hmm. What are the other options we can find to solve time this problem? Is a, time is like the number one thing that I hear from my clients. Yes. Time. Yeah. Taking the time to do it. So I love that you just, you kind of just like switched my brain a little bit with what you said. You were like, Hmm. what exactly did you say there? You were like, um, ask yourself if it's actually true that it needs to take your time. Yeah. So is that, that's like the robot vacuum. Do I need to buy a robot vacuum? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Are you assuming something's going to take six hours that doesn't need to take six hours? Let's just check. Mm, right. I literally just had this conversation with a client who's solving a problem and her mind just made decisions for her. They're just assumptions. We're not blaming. It's not, it's just how your brains work. It's fine, but you got to be aware of it because her brain had decided, well, this is going to be a month long project to get a new dresser. And I was like, that's interesting. Tell me more. And it's like, well, I got to go on Amazon. I got to get the thing. I got to put it together. It's probably going to take a long time to get all of the things in the drawers. And listen, that may or may not be true. It may or may not be true that it's going to take you six hours to clear out the knickknacks. But I also want you to remember that you're in charge of your time. At the end of the day, I know we don't feel in charge of our time a lot of the time. And that's probably a problem that you're helping a lot of people with. But if you don't want the knickknack clearing out to take six hours, don't make it, don't let it. Don't let it take six hours or decide to get help or decide to hire someone to do it for you or decide to do it in 20 minute chunks, three days in a row. It's interesting because what I'm thinking as you're saying that, because I like to think of myself as like a master organizer. I am an organizing machine. I love Mm -hmm. organizing, keeping a clean house. I'm all into minimalism, even though my entire family other than me is like, the opposite <laughs> into maximalism. Yeah, sure. But yeah, exactly. But <laughs> I really appreciate minimalism. And so I'm thinking six hours to clean knickknacks. 
I can't imagine how many little teeny tiny decisions go into every single knickknack. Maybe thinking through like where you got it, the sentimental value or the monetary value. And like, should I keep it? Should I get rid of it? You know, should I save this for later? What should I do with it? Like, there's so many decisions that go into every single knickknack. For me, going in and clearing out knickknacks, if I had them, would be a very quick and easy process. You know what I mean? Because I can make those decisions quick and feel really good about my decisions. But not everybody can do that. Yeah. And I think that for a lot of people, decisions compound in the back of our minds. So what looks like it should be a quick fix, because it's like, okay, you don't want the knickknacks there, just move them. But there's those compound decisions and based on assumptions that have been building up that's like, well, to clear those out, I'm going to have to like think through, okay, I'm going to have to call my mom and find out which ones she wants. And then I'm going to have to like decide which ones I'm going to pass on to my kids. And then I'm going to have to decide, do I store them in the house? Do I not? And that's where coming at this again, with this super clear understanding of what are we solving? What do I want? What's the point can help you remember your end game. Cause you're in this, you gotta like, that's, you, you kind of have to advocate for what you want. Like, this is a decision session to solve this problem, to get this result. Cause I want a clean house and you have to just be willing to believe you can do it. Yeah. And question and I, those assumptions you catch along the way. And I love how you mentioned you can choose to do it in like 20 minute chunks, because if somebody has some difficulty making decisions about letting go of something, making less decisions at a time could really help reduce any exhaustion that you feel from decisions, right? Yeah. Thousand percent. Yeah. So that's one thing. That's one thing that you can do in that decision session. You can think through what feels hard and you can question Okay, does this need to be hard? And you can you got to give yourself some grace. You got to have some compassion because we'll fight for our problems. It's weird, but it's just true and it's human. We'll fight for our limitations. We'll argue for keeping our problems. So you got to come at it with some love and be like, okay, I notice that I'm being a little obstinate here. I'm not noticing that I'm just convinced there's no solution to this problem. And that's okay. What if there was? What would it look like? So that's one option. And another option is if it's the situation, like maybe we're, maybe there's husky hair everywhere. Maybe we are considering buying a robot vacuum. You got to let it be imperfect. I I highly recommend experiments to everyone. So your solution does not have to be the end all be all perfection. This is the solution for the end of time decision. It can be an experiment that you run for a month. You can see if it works. You can see like how it works. Does that I make love sense? That. Yeah. I definitely see that coming to be true on the business side of things. Like we experiment with our marketing all of the time. Yes. But on the, the li- but on the life stuff, like like the personal side of our lives, we really just want a decision and we want it to be perfect and we want it to implement like and not have to think about it again. But yes, we need to test and experiment. You might you know, buy a robot vacuum for all the husky hair and maybe it gets clogged up. Maybe it doesn't work. 
maybe it doesn't work as well as you thought, or it's really loud while you're working and it hurts your head. Like you get headaches from it. Like who knows? Right. Yeah. But at least then, you know, and you're on your way through the process of solving this problem. I think that we can get like us overthinky, busy brained, or just overwhelmed people can really back ourselves into all or nothing corners where we make ourselves sit in our problems and suffer through them until we feel like we can come up with the perfect one-time solution. And that's just a painful way to live because then you're dealing with this problem every single day and you've cut yourself off from any solution because when are you going to feel like you have the time and the energy to come up with this perfect solution? You might as well take an imperfect step forward and let yourself be on your way to solving it because it's already not perfect. So is it going to be worse if the solution isn't perfect? Probably not. Oh my gosh. That's such a great way to say that. (laughs) Yes. That's so true. So in terms of like cleaning the house, we've reached a point where we're at our decision session and we're making decisions to try things and experiment with them and all of that. Then we move into like implementing our decision. So it's like with the ro- with the robot vacuum, we have to research and figure out which one to buy. That's another decision point in this whole thing. Yeah. 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 So the de- so, it's like the decisions never end. <laughs> kind of. That's kind of life. Yeah. That's why I love my job because it's, <laughs> it's really never ending, but the more you pay attention to how you're making decisions from this kind of like self-compassionate, I, I want to feel good about my life and, my, and myself place. Oh my gosh, it gets so much fun because you get to see yourself making faster, better, more empowered, more efficient, more self-honoring decisions. And it feels really good. It feels much more deliberate than just kind of keeping the wheels in motion and doing things the way you've always done them. And this is like a great, a great opportunity to kind of insert a little, sprinkle a little intentionality in the way you make your decision. When you get to the part where, okay, now I'm researching. I want you to think about, okay, typically if I just did nothing differently here, how would this go? Would I make a fast decision? Great. If not, if you're worried, this is going to take you a month to research, decide if that's okay with you. That's all you need to do. If it's okay that it takes a month to research, power to you. Put the date on the calendar when you're going to buy it so this doesn't accidentally take four months. But if you don't want it to take a month, don't let it take a month. What does that mean? It means you're going to have to stop researching at some point. You're going to have to... like This is the where I always remind people the Latin root of the word to decide means to cut off. You're going to have to cut yourself off from some of the options so that you can take the step forward. But remember why we're here. We're here because of what you want. What you want is not the world's perfect robot vacuum. That's not what you care about. You care about your clean house. So you got to keep, keep coming back to what do I want? And you also don't probably want to spend six hours of your life researching vacuums because that doesn't sound like super duper fun. Yeah. That's a little mentally addicting, but not That's fun. like a task I would give my husband and he would love it because he loves oh God, looking same. up all that type of stuff. Yeah. Same. And he would come back and, and be like, this is the perfect one. Let's get this. <laughs> yes. And I love that you bring that up. That's exactly the dynamic that we have. He's the researcher. And I'm just like, 
I'm just going to buy. I, I, I feel like for me, there's a countdown clock that starts and I'm like, okay, if you don't tell me in 30 seconds, like I'm just going to click buy on this one. But that's where you can absolutely bring in support. Like if you have a partner that you make life decisions with and you know that their strength and their joy is researching and you're like the bane of your existence is researching options. Great. Utilize that. Make sure that you are on the same page with deadline expectations. So it's not something they just add to their list because the people like that, I, in my experience, are happy to just carry around a list of unmade decisions with them. It doesn't weigh them down. They're just like, yeah, these are all the things that I'm researching. I'm going to get to them at some point, mm. which is fine. Not judging. But if you want the vacuum by, like if you want to purchase the vacuum by the end of Sunday, then like tell them at the top of Saturday, hey, I have a new project for you. You're going to pick out a vacuum, but we're going to do it like by Sunday. So you have 48 hours. Go. That's such a great idea. Yeah. My husband loves having that list of things to research. Yeah. It like, it doesn't bother him if things take a long time to do. You're right. Cause he enjoys it. It's like fun for him. Yeah. For me. Yeah. I want the vacuum to be able to pick up the hair so that I don't have to do it. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yeah. One, two, three. Yeah. Yes. So did we answer your question? Yeah. yeah, So you, you, you're, you're going to decide when you want the decision made by you're going to make a decision about your decision. It's so meta, but it's super useful. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. And like this whole thing can apply to everything that we're doing in our lives and our businesses. Yeah, it really can. A lot of it is about just noticing like, where am I automatically placing the stakes for this decision? Because if you had low stakes, if you could just buy the vacuum it probably wouldn't be that, that fraught of an experience, but if it feels like it's like a big undertaking, that's really good to notice. It's probably an indication that you're putting automatically high stakes on this decision. And that's where you just want to, again, that clear communication with yourself, right? Let's be honest. What are the stakes? If you don't like the vacuum, can you probably resell it on Facebook marketplace in a month? If you decide you don't want to keep it, probably is it yeah. high stake? Like, do you have to spend a lot on it? Do you have to buy a new one? Can you buy one on Facebook marketplace? Like probably this is not an ad, but like, <laughs> yeah, so let's check what... in. Like, what are the stakes that you're assuming are attached to this decision? And that absolutely translates to all the other things in your life that are probably stressing you out. And you want to be in charge of that. Cause the decision about like, you know, your kid's car seat versus which vacuum you buy might not be, might, you might not want them to be equal stakes, but your brain might be making them equal stakes in by default. That's so fascinating. And what's coming up for me, as you're saying that you're talking about the stakes and I'm thinking about the difference between emotional stakes and like, Mm data, right? Like the scientific data of losing money. If you buy something that doesn't end up working and you, and you resell it for less money, like, yes, Mm -hmm. there is a dollar amount that's scientific data that you will be losing out on the stakes of that can be defined, but the emotional stakes are what really hold people back from making decisions quick and fast and really seeing them as things that they can test and adjust as they go. Yeah. 
That's such a great point. And it's something that takes some rewiring. But if you know, it's, it's, that's such a great point. Cause if you know that you are afraid of making the wrong decision because of how much of a jerk you're going to be to yourself, if you find out this wasn't the perfect solution, and now you're going to add that to the story about how you're a failure and you always mess up, those are high emotional stakes. And that's where, that's where we have some deeper work to do. Yeah. Noticing, noticing that stuff. That's where coaches come in. Yeah. (laughs) I would advise you to get some outside expert guidance, especially if it's like reoccurring, you know what I mean? Like the same, the same emotional thing every single day about the same thing, like cleaning your house, those types of things do not need to be there or can be dramatically reduced and make your daily life so much better. Thousand percent. Yeah. And we got to validate and also, again, have compassion for the fact that these tiny sounding decisions feel so freaking hard in the first place because there are emotional stories attached to them. Of course, I make it mean something about me that I can't figure out the freaking husky hair problem. Like, of course. And then you add that to everything that you have stories about with your business and the way that's running and like, poof, all of our problems are dramatic and unsolvable, mm. but that's okay. That's okay. You have to like keep breathing and you have to have compassion for the fact that you are humaning in this moment. You're making a lot mean things about yourself that may or may not need to be true. It's really coming from a place of good intentions. You just want the best for yourself. You just want yourself to be happy. You just want the best for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. I love that. It's true. I really believe that's true for all of us. I do too. All right. As we wrap up, can we just, can you do like a quick summary of the different decision-making points that we discussed? Sure. Let's see. Let's, I, I feel like it, I'm going to do my best. Let's see if we can remember. Okay. You, you're going to start with, what do I want? You're going to check in with your answer and make sure that it feels true and current. You're going to identify the problem you are solving or the goal you are pursuing by answering this question. And you're going to get rid of any like nonsense that you're like, oh, nope, that's actually what my mom wanted. And I don't want that. That's super good to know. I'm not going to waste any time and energy on it. You're going to start with what you want. And then I think you have to have compassion for yourself. I can't remember the order that we actually laid that out in, but just have compassion for yourself the whole time through. <laughs> if yep. you start judging yourself for this, like being so hard, important. yeah, you have to uh, approach this decision from an intentional energy. So if you've identified something that you want, let give yourself a chance to use your best brain power to solve it, to explore it. It doesn't have to be a problem. It can be a puzzle, but put some, put something on the calendar. Or just get yourself into an intentional energy before actually trying to take this thing on. Session. I love that you said it's the decision session that you're trying to get on your calendar or get yourself prepared for mentally and emotionally. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And then you're either going to think through, okay, what do I want? And then what feels hard about that? And you're going to really let yourself slow down and address these fears and challenges one at a time. 
So you can question them. Notice what feels hard. Ask if that's true. See if there are other ways you can look at it, other angles you can see this from. How would someone else solve this problem? What would I do if I thought this was solvable? All the things. You're going to let it be imperfect. So you're going to keep bringing yourself back to what do I want? You can get a post-it even at the start of your decision session. Like, remember, oh, that's what it, that's the, the, <laughs> the step that I was like, what was the second step? It was kind of weird and amorphous. It's deciding it's a solvable problem. So decide what you want, then decide like, yes, this is possible. I'm going to figure it out. Everything is figure outable. Marie Forleo. I didn't make that up. <laughs> You can also like write on a post-it before you like dive into this session, like write what you want so you can keep coming back to it. So you don't get distracted by the perfectionism and the catastrophizing and the snowball thinking and the, oh my gosh, what's going to happen in 15 years? Like what's going to happen if I get it wrong? Just come back to what you want. Allow yourself to have that and focus on it. Let it be imperfect. Let yourself run an experiment and check in if there are logistical stakes or emotional stakes that you're attaching to this decision and take a deep ass breath and see if you can lower those stakes a tiny bit and ask for help. If you need help from your coach, from your partner, like don't put the pressure on yourself to do this all by yourself just because you think you should, or you should be able to. That's never true. Yeah. I love that. And I just want to kind of end with people hearing that every decision is solvable and like actually solvable. Like you can never have to think about it again if you want to, or you can have it be a decision that you check in with every three months or every four months based on your life changing, right? Mm-hmm. And remake the decision or adjust it at that time. So it can be a one and done decision forever, or it could be one that you kind of like check in with and adjust as you go. But it is yeah. solvable. Whatever you're, whatever it is that you're trying to solve, it is absolutely solvable. Yeah, yeah. One of my favorite sayings that I can never find the proper accreditation for, but it's the saying I came across that is if problem is solvable, then great. It's, and I'm butchering it now, but if it's, if it's a solvable problem, then great. It's a solvable problem. If it's not a solvable problem, then great. There's nothing to be done about that. You're we still going to totally, go on with your life. Yeah. Well, gravity is not a solvable problem that we're like, it's messing up our lives. It's just a reality. It's just a way of life. So we have to believe that it's either neutral in the way things way it is, or it's a solvable problem. And there's like a really, really, really good chance that something that you're experiencing as a challenge is solvable. Just yeah. And if it's come at not, it from a different way. And if you really truly feel like it's not solvable, check in with yourself. Is it something that's like literally out of your control? Or maybe it's actually solvable, but maybe it's a mindset issue that you got going on, right? Maybe it's solvable, but you don't believe it's solvable in your mind. And it's a mindset thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like gravity, not, not something I'm going to solve today. (laughs) This wall being here, if it's a problem, like, I mean, maybe it's a problem today because I'm not going to knock it down today, but maybe that's a solvable problem. 
other people's actions, not entirely under my control. Great to know. But what else can I solve? What else is in my control? Yeah. Focus on the things that are within your control and focus on your mindset in addition to the actual tangible thing that you can solve in the problem. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I always invite my clients to think about, okay, do I need to do something differently? Do I need to think about something differently or like a bit of both? I love that. Yeah. That's the the magic combination. (laughs) Ah. Kirsten, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. If thank you for having learn, me. If people want to learn more about you or check out and see what you're doing, like where did they go? Well, I post a lot. I try to share a lot of actionable tips like this. It was such a fun conversation. I love getting into the nitty gritty of like, what does it look like actually to make a decision that you feel good about? So I share a lot on Instagram at KP Coaching. Those are my initials, Kirsten Parker. So at KP Coaching on Instagram, I'm also on TikTok, which I'm a little bit newly addicted to, but I put a timer on. So we're in check so far. So I'm on TikTok. <laughs> if you if you hang out there, I'm the decision coach. And I try to share a lot there. And you can also get my new crash course on how to say no to an invite or a request at kirstenparker.com forward slash say no, because that's a decision that gets in the way of a lot in our lives. So I'm trying to make that easier. So come hang out. You'll get good stuff. We love it. And we will put all of that in the show notes. So if anybody is interested in checking you out and following you and seeing what you're up to, getting that awesome freebie, um, go in the show notes, just click on the links and they'll all be there. All right. Thank you for having me. Thank you. All right, everybody. I will talk to you next time on the podcast. Take care. Bye. One last thing before you go, I want to invite you to take a minute and download my free training, Simple Shifts. In this training, you'll learn a mix of simple scheduling and mindset shifts you can make to get on the roadmap to finally achieving work-life balance. To get my free training, go to andreascalisi.com forward slash simple dash shifts. The link is in the show notes as well. I hope this free training is all you need to find your balance. Have an awesome week. Take care.